everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And this show, Solid Steps Radio, started about nine years ago with the idea of we wanted to talk about uh, the things of the world. We wanted to have a show by men, for men, talking about things from a man's perspective, about the things of life that are the most important. That we're really good at sports, weather, and politics, but at the end of the day, life is more than that. And we believe here at Solid Steps that you are not fulfilling your destiny as a man or woman if you are not walking with the person of Jesus Christ. Now, that being said, we just want to be a tool in the toolbox. We don't have all the answers, but we want to be able to tell the story that God is writing in men's lives and also just help people know and be better equipped to walk through this life from a spiritual aspect and what it is that God has planned for them. So that being said, today we are talking about Something that many people of faith say, if you took a survey and they said, what do you want to be able to do more and better at? And they would probably, this would be on the list. And I'll never forget the man who discipled me. I had two men disciple me. One of them sitting across from me in the other, in the room, Kurt. And then the other one is named Cecil McGee. who has now since passed. But Cecil, we'd go out to lunch. And every time we'd go out to lunch, there would never be a time we didn't go out to lunch that he did not slide a business card over at the table to the waiter or waitress and then ask them to read that card and then tell them what they thought about what was on that card. And what was written on that card was a short message about the gospel, about who Jesus is. And so today, we're going to talk about how to share your faith and not just maybe to communicate information, but how to relationally communicate something that is absolutely essential for everybody to hear. So uh, we, we have a guy who's been around the block a few times, and uh, Joe Benura, it's absolutely awesome to have you. Welcome to the show. Well, it's awesome to be here. So absolutely. Jo- so Joe, you, uh, you are 80 years old. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> You are vibrant. You are you're a go getter, and I, I I still we met twenty plus years ago. Yes, yes, we did. And you still have the same energy that I, maybe do you still have the same energy as twenty some years ago? You seem like you do. Yes. <laughs> you 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 gave a talk. So yes. Chad introduced uh, you know sharing the gospel. You gave a talk not too long ago yeah. to a group of uh, a few hundred people yes. about sharing the gospel. Oh, I did. Yes. And, and, and talk about the title of of your talk. Well, originally I wanted to call the talk "Selling Jesus," and then I got to meet with the committee, and they said that's kind of harsh. And Becky Clark said, "Yeah, maybe we should change the title." And I said, okay, let's come up with something. I said, how about witnessing for Jesus? And she said, "Eh, that's too common. She said, how about sharing Jesus? And I said, I love it. I said, what if we called it sharing Jesus made simple and fun too? Because so many people are intimidated about sharing Jesus. And I, I like to tell the story about, well, a few years ago, my son Nick gave me an Instant Pot. I got all excited about my Instant Pot. In fact, I probably have sold more Instant Pots than Amazon because I'd brag about it to everybody. I, I told oh, you got to try the Instant Pot. The Instant Pot is this. The Instant Pot is that. And so I'd sell another Instant Pot. No commissions. I just was excited about it. And then I got to thinking when I put this talk together for the seniors, uh, our significance luncheon group at Southeast Christian Church, I got to thinking about it and I said, you know, I was excited about Jesus just that same way. I said, but just like the Instant Pot, now that I'm used to it, I don't talk about it anymore. I still use it, 
but I don't talk about it. And then I found myself comparing that to the way I, I feel about Jesus, and I don't talk about him as much as I should anymore. And, and I think most of us are like that. We become so accustomed to it and used to it that we don't share it anymore. And so this whole talk was, a, was an awakening for me, too, in putting it together. Well, I, I think most Christians, I think we, we, we know the day that we got saved, the day that we were baptized, yes. the day that has been very meaningful to us. Yes. And we, we reflect on that, and we, we go to church, we worship, and we try to exalt the Lord Jesus, but we forget yeah. to talk about him to others. Yes, we become complacent. And so you had three verses yes. that you used yes. to talk to those Folks, yes. give us those three verses. Well, I think these three verses are the essence of what the Bible wants us to do from the New Testament. And one is John 3.16, which we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So we accept that and say, wow, isn't that wonderful? And then the second one is John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then the next one is Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I call that the great commission, not the great suggestion. Let me ask you a question. What if the 12 apostles hadn't done that? We wouldn't be sitting here today. We, we would not. They didn't take it from Jesus as a suggestion. They took it from Jesus as what they were supposed to do. <laughs> and so they went out, and here we are today. We're talking about it still. So how many Christians love Jesus? They have Jesus in their heart, but he stays in their heart, and they don't share it with other Christians. And I'm, I'm one of them. I'm guilty. I, I, I spent my life in sales. I probably trained over 50,000 salespeople. I've spoken from London to the Philippines and every state in the United States. But I never did a program sharing, selling, my favorite product, Jesus. <laughs> and so I said, this time I put this talk together, and that's the one I gave it, the Significance Luncheon. And you said, I, you said in that talk that uh, you, that is the most, probably the most significant presentation you've ever made. Most important presentation I ever made was that day. So let's, let's talk so our listeners can have a handle on, you know, just sharing Jesus Sharing the gospel. The, yes. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Right. And uh, he mentions the gospel uh, over and over again throughout the book of Romans. Yes. And I just quoted out of Romans chapter 1. And so uh, one of the things you you made a comment um, is uh, that when we share the gospel with others, when we share Jesus with others, um, you uh, that it takes time. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a moment. Well, I think the first step people have to understand is not to confront people with the gospel. And many of us, when we think we, we're witnessing what we're doing, we're going to say, do you know where you're going when you die? I mean, that's, uh, they run. <laughs> and my, my whole premise is, and I'm using my sales skills to do this, the same as if I was making a sales call, selling newspaper advertising or whatever I'm selling. Uh, I, you have to get in step with the person first. 
And how do you get in step with the person? I like to use this as an example. Uh, years ago, uh, when my son Nick graduated from high school, I took him to Africa as his graduation gift, and somebody had to go with him, so I went with him. And uh, we, we were in Africa for two weeks, and when you're on safari in Africa, you get pretty messy looking. And so when you come back from safari, the people know where you've been because you're dust and filth and a beard. And so we're walking down the street in downtown Nairobi, and a native Kenyan comes walking next to us. And he says, you like my country? What am I going to say? No, I don't like your country. So I said, sure, we do. He says, ah, safari, right? Yes, a safari, right? He says, camera safari? Yes, a camera safari. So, oh, you saw the big five. That's the big five animals you have to see. Yes, we saw all five of the animals. Oh, that is so great. Which one did you like the most? And my son Nick says, the elephant. Would you like to buy an elephant bracelet? You see, he got in step with us first, and then he brought up the subject. He didn't walk up to us and say, want to buy an elephant bracelet? We would have turned and run the other way. So the same thing is true with Christ uh, selling Jesus. You have to get in touch or in step, not in touch, but in step with the person before you start to share your faith. Why do they want to know about him? What, what do they need to know? If I don't know who you are and, and where you are, how can I start a presentation to you? I'll be throwing spaghetti on the wall, as we say in Italy, you know, and hoping some of it sticks. So, I mean, what he, what, and what he did, he started asking you questions. Well, and I think if you, you know a good question asker, Joe, who's a good question asker? Who's a good question? Jesus, that's all he ever did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, uh, my, my dear friend, yeah. uh, Eric Schonsberg, who's been on the show with us a number of times. Yes. He has counted the number of to- questions that Jesus yes. asked in the Gospels. Yes. It's over 300 times. Wow. I didn't know it was that many. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's about questions. And that was your, your African friend who asked you questions, and then he moves into right. you know, what he really wanted to talk to you about. Exactly. So we're going to take a break, and we've got three more segments, and Joe's going to talk more about maybe some practical tips on how we can do that here on Solid Steps Radio. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. And he can help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's Hadley Sign Solutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So in our first segment, we were introduced to uh, Joe Benura, who's talking to us about how to share our faith with someone in a way that's not going to make him turn around and run the other way. So, Joe, uh, Dr. Dan Spader talks about the 5.3 principle. It takes, yes. it takes many, uh, a lot of times we put the, all the burden on ourselves. Like when, yes. we, when we want to share Jesus, it's like it's all up to me. Yes. And it really is not. No. It, takes, 
It takes many folks. Yeah. And you got a short little story here about your dad. Yes. Talk well, to us about that. Well, it's a great story about my father because my father wasn't saved. And yet there were many reasons for him to be saved. But he didn't get it. When I was 16 years old, my dad developed a lump on his nose. No one knew what it was. Went to five doctors. The fifth doctor said, I think we better operate and see what it is. And next time I saw my dad, he was lying in a hospital bed in Hotel Du Hospital, minus his nose, and he had rhabdomyosarcoma. Well, that's a deadly cancer. And so I went in the hospital room, and, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I said, you know, what are we going to do? He said, well, we're going to go back and build a business. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I said, great. So we went back and started building the business. A year later, the cancer came back in his lymph nodes. My cousin, who was a pathologist, looked at the slides under the microscope and said, Joe, you're definitely going to die. Get your papers in order. I mean, he was just being honest with him. And so I went in the room again. I said, Dad, what are we going to do? He said, I told you, I'm 39 years old. I'm going to build a business back, and I'm going to retire at 55. Well, we went back to work. My dad did retire at 55. Miracle, right? But he still didn't believe. He still didn't believe. So anyway, years later, uh, Hurricane Katrina hits New Orleans. And, and uh, you know, we had to get my dad out of there. And my mother, too, because it was really dangerous. And so they were in the hospital, and she was already on hospice. And if she'd been there another week, she would have passed away. So we had to get him out. And here I am doing everything possible to get him out of the hospital. And, and I said, I needed a helicopter. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting in the lobby praying, I need a helicopter. God sent us. And 30 minutes later, my phone rings. My son Joe called. He says, Tom Eifler, our good friend's down in New Orleans with his helicopter. He said he knows we have family down there. He says, do you have anybody we can help? And my, and my son says, yeah, my grandparents. So we send the helicopter to the hospital. Make a long story short, they got him out. We moved him up to Louisville, Kentucky. But in the interim, in the process, you know, how did I witness to my dad? And he still didn't believe after that miracle. That was a miracle. And so you got the miracle of the cancer. The miracle of the cancer. You got the miracle of the hurricane. Well, the miracle of the hurricane and, and getting them out. Well, there's two miracles there, actually. Because while they were in the hospital, the hurricane, the, the helicopter went in to pick them up. And they waved them off because they thought they were bringing patients in. After all we went through, oh. it looked like it's over. <laughs> okay. And so I finally got in touch with Tom, which... During a hurricane with the phones out, is pretty tough. And so I finally got him. He said, Joe, i got one more window, 2 o'clock on Saturday. If they're not on the roof, i got to go. But I can't call them at the hospital. There's no phone, no cell phone, nothing. A nurse is walking down the hall with a satellite phone. And she says, anybody need to talk to someone in their family? This is like a few hours before the window that we had. And my dad, who doesn't really do this all, he says, yeah, me. <laughs> and he picks up the phone and he calls my son Nick. And Nick says, Popo, you got to be on the roof at 2 o'clock. The helicopter's going to come pick you up. That's two miracles. Mm. So we bring Dad to Louisville. Does he believe? Nope. He's, see, some people, these are all coincidences. But what we And did I use it? Yes. Every time something happened, I say, Dad, another miracle. Well, in October 25th, 2004, I wrote my dad this letter. And because this is another way to witness, by the way, write letters to people. If you, if you don't have the guts or you're brave enough to talk to them, write them a letter. It's more anonymous from your perspective. And so I said, Dad, the other day I said that I'm not afraid to die because I know where I'm going. And you answered, I wish I could say that. Dad, you can't say that. 
You just have to swallow some pride and cynicism, and you will know for certain where you are going when you close your eyes for the last time. It's too late to make that decision after you're on the other side. God doesn't ask very much of us. He only asks us to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. I do, and my home failed me does, including your, my mother, your wife. And it's nice to know that when it's over in this life, it's not over for eternity. Dad, we will all be with God in the end. We want to be there with you too. It's never too late to decide to believe. You don't have to have all the answers. Nobody does. You just have to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, and that's it. You don't have to go to church every week. You don't have to cut your neighbor's grass, and you don't have to open your heart. To, and All you have to do is just open your heart and let him in. The thief on the cross next to Jesus simply said that he believed, and Jesus said that he would join him in paradise that very day. He didn't have time to do any good deeds. He just had to believe. No matter how bad you think you have been, he died so that you could live. People say that God is unfair and that it doesn't give us, he doesn't give us enough chances. Dad, he has given you over 40 years since you first bought with cancer to make up your mind. Don't turn your back on him now. Just give Jesus a chance. Remember what I told you once, if I'm right and you're wrong, there's a big price to pay. But if you're right and I'm wrong, I've not lost anything by living for Jesus. I know that if, I know, know that if and when I'm in that operating room, I will be at peace. I have enclosed a great article by Billy Graham that I would like for you to read. It will take less than five minutes. That did it, right? Mm. Nope, he didn't believe. <laughs> he, he got that letter. He got the letter. Still no. Still, still no. And so now he's in Louisville, right? And so this was it. I knew it was going to happen now because I told Bob Russell it was about a week before the church closed, you know, before the church, before Bob left the church and, uh, to, to retire. And he's a busy man with the last week, right? Bob has a lot of things going on. And he's, he, I said, I just mentioned to him, I said, Bob, you know, my dad's not saved. And he was staying at Eden Terrace right across from the church. A week later, I walk in my dad's room. He said, guess who was here yesterday? I said, who? Bob Russell. I said, wow, this is it. Bob was here. You know, and he loved Bob. I mean, he would even come to church with us and see Bob speak. And so he was all excited about the visit, but still didn't make the decision. You know, I said, wow, this is, this is really, it's really getting tough. And, and he's getting older and older now. He's 94 at that time. And so two years later, 96 years old, two weeks before he passed away, one of his caregivers Got him to accept. Her name was Christina. What a great name. Chris, Christina. You know, it's a yes, name comes yes. from. Christina says, I got him to say, I believe Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, my Lord and my Savior. She saved him two weeks before he died. So was all the other stuff wasted? No. What you said earlier, it is a process. It is not an event. And some people take longer. Some people you can do it in two or three calls. Some people it may take years. In his case, it took 40 years. 40 plus years. Oh, sounds familiar. Somebody was in the desert for 40 years, you know. <laughs> so my dad was in the desert for 40 years. And finally, finally, the right person at the right time reached out and took him. So the right, so I, I, I love that story because it, it just shows how God uses all of us. All of us. And, and, and yet, I mean, you, you didn't personally get a lead your life, your, 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 your dad to, to life in Christ. Right. But it took that last yeah. lady who was taking care of him yep. two weeks before he dies, yep. and she leads him to Christ. Yes. 
to faith in the Lord Jesus. And I, I, that's... Well, I can still see her face when she told me. She was crying that she, had, she was able to do it. Chad, when you hear that story, what comes to mind? Well, it just comes to mind that, that somebody cares enough, that that nurse cared enough about mm. your dad to even say anything. Yeah. And the fact that most people don't think that anybody cares, and if you just make one reference, even if you're, if you're, if you're five, number one of 5.3, or if you're point three you could be the one that God uses for that process. And some people are 10.8, right, or 100 times, yeah. but you just don't know where you are in the process, and it doesn't really matter, right? Well, I mean, and you, you, you gave him a little, uh, a little article by Billy Graham. I mean, yes. arguably one of the greatest evangelists yes. of all time. Yes. And, and, and yet I'm sure God used that a little bit, but it, yeah. still that wasn't the turning point. It wasn't the turning point. Yeah. I, I, um, so, listeners, I hope you are hearing that just because you don't are are not the final uh, you know person to lead a person to faith in Christ, God still wants to use you in the process, and that's that's the power of the gospel. So we're going to take a break and come back with two more segments to talk more about how can we be better communicators of the gospel and not just talk about church or religion, but a person. His name is Jesus and what he did for us. We're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly on Solid Step. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, Overall, dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank, landscaping, and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. In our last segment, boy, you missed uh, a great story. You need to go back and go to Solid Steps Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll be able to hear the show in its entirety. But the last segment was a beautiful story that basically Joe, our guest, his father, two weeks before he passes, leading up to that, he's got his son, who's a very talented presenter and salesperson, talented man. He's got Bob Russell, one of the most prolific preachers around locally, uh, had a conversation with him. Billy Graham, of all things, wrote a, le- wrote a note, I guess a- an article that he read, and none of those, all, they all whiffed. Joe, <laughs> Billy, and Bob. <laughs> but the one who kind of sealed the deal was an, uh, a caretaker who cared enough to talk to Joe's dad at the end of his life. And it just goes to show you the power of God and the vehicle by which who he uses is secondary. It, you know, Chad, it really is. I mean, I think we need to practice on sharing the gospel. I think we need to practice in, in sharing Jesus and I think there's some some tips that we can really improve on, yeah. but probably the the what you just the most important thing is is a love and a care and a compassion for people, 
And that's what Jesus had. Yes. Jesus had that for others. Uh, Joe, one of the things that you mentioned in your talk that I, that I really appreciated was using books to share Jesus with others. Talk about that to our listeners. Well, Kurt, it's more than using books. It's being different, standing out. As a salesperson, if I wanted to get into somebody to make an appointment, to talk to somebody, to get them to visit with me, I have to do something unique. I have to do something different that catches their attention. And a book is one way. And so I can give you several examples. But when I was a young man, <laughs> my very first sales call, I was like 20 years old. And my training had consisted of my sales manager taking him out, me out and introducing me to some clients. And he said, go forth and sell. So now I'm going to go out and make my very first sales call. I was a nervous wreck. I remember it took me 10 minutes to get out of the car when I pulled up to the place I was going to call on. I finally get out of the car. I walk in. I walk up to the front counter, and I said, is Mr. here? And that's what it sounded like to the receptionist. She had seen this before, and she said, I'll get him for you. So fortunately, I'd let her, read a sales book the night before, and I saw a big swordfish on the wall. It said, compliment something. So Mr. Mr. Solomon comes over, and he says, uh, yes. I said, did you catch that fish? And he says, what are you selling? And I'm, man, I just melted right there in front of him. You know, I said, uh, radio advertising. He said, well, I don't want any. And I ran out the door, literally. I said, thank you very much. I threw the card and ran out the door. I jumped in my little Volkswagen Beetle, and I had a six-foot stuffed Easter rabbit. Perfect week to talk about this. Had a six-foot stuffed Easter rabbit sitting in the seat next to me. We had a promotion going on at the station. If you bought a 13-week schedule, we gave you the rabbit to give away. So I was so nervous on that call, I didn't bring the rabbit in. I had a six-foot rabbit. I forgot he was sitting there. So I said, I'm going to make one more call, and then I'm going to quit this profession called selling. <laughs> and I went to Dorignac Supermarket. Now, why did I go there? That's where we did our shopping. So I pull into the parking lot. I pull into the exact spot where we go when we went shopping. But it took me 10 minutes to get out of the car again. Why? I wasn't shopping. I was in the sales boat. I'm afraid. Same thing with witnessing. Same thing with sharing Jesus. We're afraid. So I was afraid to get out of the car because I was in the sales mode. Finally got out of the car, put the six-foot rabbit under my arm, walked in the front door, and nervously looked at the checkout people who, when I'm buying from them, they don't look so frightening, but now I'm selling. I said, is Mr. Dorignac here? And they said, yes, he's right over there. Well, he had what looked like a Starbucks back before Starbucks where he sat in a little coffee shop and watched what was happening in his store. And when I looked at him, it was like looking through binoculars the wrong way. He was way in the distance. And I turned with his six-foot rabbit on my hip to walk towards him. I trip and fall, hit the ground. The rabbit flies in the air and falls into the garbage can, metal garbage cans back then. And there were six of them. And it was bang, 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 six times. <laughs> I look up. I'm on my knee. And I look up and I see his knees. I see his folded arms. I'm afraid to look in his face after that first call. And he says, well, young man, that was the best attention-getting step I have ever seen in selling. So, wow, <laughs> I learned a lesson. He bought the schedule. He got the rabbit. Uh, this, the, the lesson there is be unique, stand out, be different. Well, the same thing comes true when you're witnessing. You have to be unique, stand out, and be different. If you do what everybody else does, you're going to get the same result. No, don't talk to me about it. I'm, I don't want to hear any more about it. So when we're doing things, we have to throw the rabbit. For instance, I wanted a major contract with a major airline, American Airlines. And rather than just pick up the phone and call, and always go to the top, by the way. Robert Crandall was chairman at the time. Rather than pick up the phone, hi, Mr. Crandall, this is Joe Bonor, a little old ad agency in Louisville, Kentucky. I picked up the phone. And before I picked up the phone, I actually sent him a book. 
And the book was written by a guy named Jan Carlson. And the book was called Moments of Truth. It was how he turned Scandinavian Airlines from failure to a profit in one year. So I sent him a copy of the book. I sent him a letter with the book saying, I can do for you what it says in this book. The book <laughs> was what got me in. So then I called and the secretary says, oh, okay, Mr. Crandall will talk to you. He talks to me. He says, I want you to talk to Michael Gunn, who is our marketing director. So he sends me to Michael Gunn, the marketing director, and uh, we ended up with a major international contract with American Airlines from a book. Guess who had written the started, introduction? Started with a book. Started, guess who wrote the introduction to the book? Robert Crandall. He had known what was in the book, but he didn't know how to implement it. I, can't, I go back to him and say, I can help you do that. And we got the contract. So you can use books. That's one example. Uh, the other way I've used it. Uh, but let me back up just oh, a second, uh, Joe. What, what books have, uh, would you recommend? Well, The Case for Christ and The Case for Faith. <laughs> Anything Lee Strobel has written to me is, is just gold because it's coming from an atheist perspective, from an agnostic atheist perspective. And to me, that's powerful because he tells his story. And then he tells his stories of how he walked. And the movie was also very good. I like that, too. Uh, more than just a carpenter. That, yeah. that, Josh McDowell wrote Josh McDowell, uh, more, than a, another book more Than a Carpenter. That's another book I recommend. My we, wife's book, uh, I Got Us a Big God. <laughs> That's a great book, uh, which is stories about people's faith walk. Because, see, people don't want to hear necessarily when they're, when they're not like we are good Christians. They don't want to hear the Bible says. They want to hear stories of how the Bible helps someone, and that'll bring them to the Bible. Does that make sense? No, totally. No, start with how the Bible affected you. Tell the story, and then you say, well, where did, what made that happen? Well, the Bible, that's the, the prescription. But tell me the story first. Like my dad's story. If I told somebody my dad's story first and then gave them the Bible, they'd be more likely to read it. Great example. My wife had three people she loved very dearly. This is in the last six months. And so she remembered my dad's letter, so she wrote three letters. And then we sent them three copies of the message. The message is a great Bible to start with because it's easy to read. So we sent them three copies of the message with three letters, and she highlighted the parts in her letter in the message, just about four or five highlights that the book says, uh, that, that the letter says. So we sent out three. We got one response which was good. I mean, one person literally responded back. And so it's still in process. But if she hadn't sent out the three letters, nothing would have happened. Now, I told you I sent the book to Robert Crandall and ended up with a major international contract with American Airlines. I also sent to 10 other airlines and got no response. And nobody would talk to me. So you see, there's another key there. Make calls, make more calls, make many more calls, or talk to people talk to more people, talk to many more people. That's my three great rules of selling. So it's more than just what you send, it's persistence. And, and Yeah, you, talk, you, you mentioned uh, persistence, and you also mentioned, you know, we, we, we do have to have courage. Courage, oh yeah. We got to have courage. We got to be bold. Okay. Um, and we have to be willing to make a comment. When you, when you hear all that, Chad, what do, you, what do you hear? I think something you said that was... Um, you got to be stand out from everybody else. There's one thing that I have that nobody else has. And that's my testimony. Mm-hmm. It says it says in Revelation they'll be saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Yes. You can say you don't believe in God. You can say you don't believe in the Bible. But let me tell you what He did with me when He came to me when I was drunk in the middle of the night one night on a bed that was not mine 
and I felt the sin and the weight of my sin that night. Mm. If I tell you my story, you can't undo that. You cannot undo your story. My story is true. So now some people don't have a, a big fancy story, but everybody's got a testimony. And, they all, and they've got stories of people who've got stories. So if your testimony isn't quite gripping enough, I know you know somebody whose is. I tell my buddy Trey's story all the time, right? So we're going to take a break, come back, fourth, final segment. We're going to hear more from Joe Benura about sharing your faith with people here on Solid Step Trail. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional sounding podcast or video cast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So, last three segments if you missed any of you missed a lot go back and listen to them but we've been talking about how to share your faith in a way that is unique and that they won't ever forget you and so joe i'm still i go back to your 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 dad okay and how he came to faith through a compassionate worker uh was she was that in the nursing home or the hospital that was in the nursing home in the nursing home a lady who's caring for him and led him to christ but i also go back to um, what you said earlier about how we, it's just, if we love people and have compassionate heart towards people, but we also have to be persistent. persistent. And you wrote a letter to your dad and you felt like it didn't, it, it didn't, you know, didn't hit like it want, you wanted it to. And then you wrote another letter. Yes. And I wanted our listeners to hear a part of that letter of showing your love, your compassion, and your persistence with your dad. Would you mind reading that? Sure. Please. This is about two weeks before I was going to have open-heart surgery for mitral valve repair. So I'm writing it from the heart, literally. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, Dad, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. Those are the words of St. Paul, Saul of Tarsus, was one of the great minds of his time. He was a well-educated, stubborn, opinionated Jew whose job was to capture, persecute, and kill Christians. One day on the road to Damascus, he encountered Jesus. He fell to the ground, and his life was changed forever. Not only did Jesus forgive him, but he also made him one of the greatest spokespersons for Christ the world has ever known. And then I write to the end, toward the end of the letter. I said, when they open up my heart, On November the 30th, I pray that you will open up your heart and let Jesus in. He has been there all these years knocking on your door. He must really love you because he could have let you go many years ago. Think back over the years about all of the times he has tried to reach you through Carol, Joey, Nick, Ann, Mr. Ollie, 
and Bob Russell. You just have to open the door to him, and he will be there for you just like he was for me all those years. It's not about religion. It's about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it, it's just, you know, persistence. Did it work? Nope, that didn't work either. But 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 I'm, I'm t- I, God used that. God God, <laughs> God used, used it, yes. God used that first letter. God used that second letter. Yeah. You know, we, we, we in the break we were talking about yeah. um, a gift. Sometimes God wants us not not just to share the gospel, mm-hmm. but to use a gift. And you and, and you used it in the rabbit illustration. You know, back uh, I think two segments ago. But you mentioned sometimes when you would go and speak, uh, you know, you could like take a Louisville slugger. Yeah. Uh, here we are in Louisville, Kentucky, and you yeah. take a Louisville slugger bat yeah. with their name on it. Talk about that well, a little bit. One of the hardest places to ever get an appointment is in New York City. They're busy. They're on a different plane than we are. And, you know, here I am, Joe from Louisville, Kentucky, coming up to New York trying to talk to a big corporation up there. Well, I have to say this. I got in almost every time. Now, how did I get in almost every time? Because I'd go to Louisville Slugger before we went to New York, and I'd have a bat, and I'd have their name printed on it. And then I'd walk into the office, walk up to the receptionist, and hold the bat out so she could see the name and say, is, is Kurt here today? <laughs> and she'd look at me, oh, that is so nice. And I'd say, yes, it is. And she said, let me get him. And he would usually come out, and then you hand me the bat and say, hey, we're from Louisville, Kentucky. I want to show you I did a home run with your product. And next thing you know, he says, come on in. And so it, that's throwing the rabbit. That's being different. Now, most people walk in, hi, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Here's my business card. Well, that's, he's busy today. That's boring. That's boring, and you're not going to get in. So look for ways to do that when you're witnessing. How can I be unique? How would you like to hit a home run for the rest of your life? Come to Jesus. <laughs> send him a baseball bat. You know? Maybe send him a baseball bat with Jesus Christ's name on it. You know, who knows? This bat will help you hit a home run and put Jesus' name on the bat. I, li- I, I like how you think outside the box. <laughs> too. Was, no, I get rid of the box. There's no box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the Bible says uh, a gift given in secret ushers us into the presence of the king. That's a, that's a proverb. Right. And you were, you, you were basically following one of the proverbs of Solomon. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. Even but there's something it. there's something about when we have care and compassion for others, when we would even spend some of our own resources, our own money, and get a a, a really nice gift to someone that we care. Yes. So that we can share the gospel with them in the right time. There's a couple other things that uh, as we as we wrap up, Joe, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you pray for our listeners in just a couple minutes. But I, um, we can't forget about prayer and about how prayer, praying for the lost, praying for that one or two neighbors or our family members. I'm sure that you and Carol, your wife, you prayed for your dad. Oh, my gosh. Yes. How many times? Oh. Probably countless times. Yes. And how God wants us to pray for the lost. Yes. And, and, and in fact, we, as we read the New Testament, that's one of the things that um, Paul urges us to do, you know, pray for the lost, pray for the, as the gospel's going out, pray for me that I will have boldness, pray that my words would, would be impactful. Yes. And to pray for, um, Chad, what are you, last, any thoughts as we wrap up? 
Well, as a salesman myself for 26 years, I can tell you this, that uh, I've been told that sales is a contact sport and you have to initiate the contact. Oh, I like that. And if you're not, if you're waiting for somebody to come contact you, you're going to be waiting a long time. You have to initiate contact. People want to be contacted, but they don't even know it or they won't raise their hand and go, Hey, how many people, Joe, have you ever made a sale? They called you and go, would you please come sell me? Right. Very few people will ever do that. None. And so the reality of it is every person you see wants to be, I don't, I don't want to use the word sold. They want to be told about Jesus. They really do. They don't even know it. But so you've got to be the first person to make that contact. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful gift. Jesus says, and you are my witnesses. I just want you to share me with those around you. And that's the power. Start right where he said it in, in, in Acts chapter one. He said, you start it in Jerusalem. In our context, it's start right in your own, your home. You're right in your neighborhood. Yes. And then from there, just move on out where you work, where you go to school, where do you go to go to pick up your groceries? Where do you go to eat? Um, we are to share the gospel. Joe, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for your bold witness. Appreciate you coming on. Would you pray for us and pray for our listeners? Yes, I will. But before I want everybody who's listening to this to take out a pencil and paper, and I want you to just write down one name mm. of one person, just one, one at a time, just one person who you need to witness to or to share Jesus with. Just write it down and then take the steps, the next step, throw the rabbit, be different to go after that person. And I'd like to, to begin my prayer with reading one of my favorite quotes. And this is a prayer I want to live for Jesus. It's, it's, it's a secular comment, but it's for Jesus I want to do this. Life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Jesus, I want to take that ride for you and not for me. And let me remember this too, that everything we talked about is not about me. I don't want the credit for having brought that person to Christ. I want the Holy Spirit to get the credit. Just use me as an instrument to move that person towards the Holy Spirit. And then it's his job, not mine. Mm. Once I've done my share, then I'm going to leave it up to the Holy Spirit. And I don't care who gets the credit. Thank you, Christine, wherever you are, for what you did. You saved my father for eternity. Amen. 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 Thanks, Joe. Well, you got two salesmen and a pastor in the room right now. This is the heck of a show, but I can tell you this. You don't have to be a salesperson. You have to be an available person. So if you make yourself available, God will do the work. Thanks for listening to Solid Step Trip. With every step I take.